So if you were out early this morning and saw the fog, it's a great metaphor for the scriptures that we have this weekend because I think that really if we're honest with ourselves, it's life. We're driving in the fog. We kind of think we know where we're going, but we really don't. And uh, we have to kind of keep focused uh, so something doesn't kind of show up all of a sudden in our lives. But it's that kind of fog that Thomas was in and Philip and probably some of the other disciples as well uh, that comes to us in this gospel that we have today. You know, the, the scriptures of the Easter season are all really instructive for us about what does it mean to live the life of a, of a disciple. And so uh, the gospel that we have today, uh, to me, has a couple really, really important points for us and helps us to kind of understand uh, what Jesus is trying to get us to do with our own lives. And so we hear this... Uh, this great conversation between Jesus and Thomas. Now remember Thomas, he's the original doubter, and so remember he was the one that was absent when Jesus first appeared to the disciples, and then uh, he showed up later on, they go, hey, you never guess who showed up? He goes, no, I don't buy that. Not unless I can put my finger in his wounds and my hand in his side, I'm not gonna buy that. And, and so then the next time Jesus is there and Thomas is there, and he goes, Thomas, come here. And Thomas goes, my Lord and my God. And so, but I love Thomas because he was so honest. He didn't beat around the bush, he didn't pretend. And so Jesus is given this great instruction about, you know, I'm going to the Father and you know the way. And Thomas goes, no, I don't. How can we know the way? And uh, Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. Now, we've heard that a million times, but I wonder if you stop to think about what that means. One of the things that I think it means is in our lives, I think a lot of times we get so caught up in the details of things that we cut our nose off to spite our face. I think that's what one of the things Jesus was trying to teach the Pharisees uh, all the time who were very much about following the letter of the law, huh? And he kept saying, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it. There's more than just the letter of the law. And so in the same way, we get so caught up with following the letter of the law so you can go to church every day of your life. And if you start talking about people as soon as you get outside the doors, then you're not getting the point. Not getting the point. And so he's trying to help us to understand how do we keep the main thing the main thing. And I think it's this. I think what God gives us in our lives is direction. So, you know, if you get up in the morning and lay on the floor and say, what pair of boots should I wear today? You're probably not going to get an answer. But if we ask God to give us direction in our lives, then he will, if we're faithful to that, he will give us direction. We know the details are less important than the direction is. I'll tell you an example that I used to do when I was uh, uh, with college students a lot. And they would come in and they'd be wrestling with what they were going to do with their life. And... Uh, in my office, I've got four great big bookcases. has about 2,500, 3,000 books in them. Then I got another one over here that has not the religious stuff, but a bunch of psychology and other stuff. And I'd say to them, you know, if you think about what God wants you to do with your life, you can choose from any of these things and you'll get blessed. Now, you can choose from this one, too. And good luck with that. But if you choose these things, there's a whole lot of opportunity here, but these are the kinds of things you need to be looking at. 
Well, the same thing is true with the direction in our lives. That's why I'm always really suspicious of people who are really sure about stuff. Certitude makes me nervous because I think we do it because it's safe for us. But we put God in such small boxes sometimes. We think we know exactly what God does, and we don't. But we like to sure put him in a box and think it only works a certain way. I remember when I was teaching at a, the biggest Catholic high school in our diocese, and, and uh, I was teaching sophomores, the wise fools, of course. And uh, I happened to mention that my dad was a Lutheran. And one of the meatheads in the back, who's now a funeral home director, raised his hand. He goes, so does that mean your dad doesn't believe in God? I thought, oh, Lord. Only in a totally Catholic town do you get that kind of a question. Of course, my dad believes in God. There's a lot of ways, and this is where the second part of this gospel comes in, I think, so significantly. Unfortunately, we only listen to this gospel a lot of times in funerals. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, but there's many rooms in my father's house. Many rooms. Well, that means a whole lot of things if we stop to take a look at it. It means that there just isn't one way, okay? Most churches taught, and we were champions of that, if you're not Catholic, you're not going to heaven, you know? Well, surprise, so you get to heaven if you get there, and uh, there's a Lutheran cloud, and there's a Baptist cloud and the Catholics think they're the only ones that are there. No, there's many rooms in our Father's house. We believe ours is the straightest path, but there's many rooms. In the same way, as we look at God, there's, God blows our circuits because God's always bigger than our puny minds can wrap our brains around. So we have to be really careful about making these pronouncements uh, about what is and what isn't. It's more the direction not the details. So one of the other things then that we get today is out of this reading from the Acts of the Apostles. And so he says that he wants us to become living stones. Living stones. Well, our front wall is a perfect example of this, okay? So you can be a great lone stone, but you're pretty worthless. But living stones are ones that other people depend on and rely on and they contribute to something bigger than just themselves. That's what it means, living stones. And Jesus, we are told, uh, in his own words, is the cornerstone rejected by the builders. It's, and that's going to be the problem. If we're really the kind of stones that Christ calls us to be, um, a lot of the builder, a lot of the, a lot of the world is going to not accept us. A lot of the world, it's going to be a stumbling block. We're going to be a problem for others. They're going to trip up over us. It's all right. It's all right. But living stones that build up the kingdom of God. So it's not about the Lone Ranger kind of stuff. Jesus' ministry himself can prove to us that it wasn't that way. Jesus didn't ride into to Jerusalem on a white horse and, and kind of do all the stuff himself. No, he got... 12 knuckleheads and said, hey, we got to go out and do some work here. And then as we heard in the first reading today, when they didn't have enough people, they needed to get more people together because there were jobs that were being neglected. It's kind of like we're doing in our pastorate. We don't have enough help. We got to get more people involved. We got to get more people engaged. That's what it means to be living stones. It's not just a, some kind of a nice idea. It is life. It is our life as Christians. So that's why the Easter season is a great time to examine where am I at? Am I a living stone? 
Do I know the way or not? I think that uh, that fog this morning is a, is a great reflection on life. And otherwise, we're just going to be careening around at, at uh, breakneck speed and running into all kinds of stuff. But if we rely on Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, that'll give us the direction that we need in life. God's not going to make our decisions for us. It would only be that easy, but we wouldn't like that either. Gives us the direction that we need. So as we continue to pray during this Easter season and still celebrate these great sacraments of initiation, we've had baptisms, we had first communions, we had confirmation Wednesday this week. Really exciting times. But all those things give us direction. They're not a car wash. They're not magic. They're all things that help to give us direction. That's why we need to come to church. That's why we need each other's support of the other stoners in our lives that help support us and help us to become something more than we could ever become our own. We are an Easter people, and you better believe it.